Welcome to the CityGate Church podcast. Today's message was recorded at our live Sunday services, and we hope that it encourages you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Now we're going to say it with even more faith and expectation for today's amazing sermon. Come on. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Aren't you glad that you can stand on the Word of God? You know what? If God said it, you can turn the world upside down with it. If God said it, you can get healed with it. If God said it, you can move mountains with it. If God said it, it'll open prison doors. If God said it, it will make straight the paths of your feet. If God said it, mountains are gonna move. If God said it, you can stand on it and be an unshakable believer because if God said it, then I believe it and that settles it. Can we give God some praise for that statement right now? Is that okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, 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 wow. We're gonna carry on. Last Sunday, <coughs> excuse me, last Sunday, uh, I spoke from 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, where it said, this is the confidence that we have. You see, if I read something like that, I don't pray for confidence. See, you gotta get hold of God's word that if God said it, I believe it, that settles it. So I'm not saying, oh God, give me confidence. No, I'm agreeing with the Word of God. God, I have confidence. Because I've just read that I've got confidence. This is the confidence. So God, I'm confident in what the Word says. See, for so long, people have turned what God has said into a prayer. No, we gotta get hold of what God said and declare that it's truth for me. It's truth and I raise my experience up to the level of God's Word. I don't bring God's Word down to the level of my experience. And we read last week that this is the confidence. Everybody say confidence. 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 Now say it with some confidence. Confidence. This is the confidence, the boldness. The confidence to speak boldly that we have in Him. that whatever we pray, He hears us. Ah, I wanna preach it all again. And if we know He hears us, we know, not hope, guess, pray, wonder, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of Him. Amen. Amen. God said it, I believe it, that settles it. So today we're gonna go back one chapter to 1 John chapter four. I love the book of 1 John, one of my favorites. When I first got saved, the night I got saved, I spoke to somebody, said, go home and read, they gave me a Bible, said, go home and read 1 John. So I did, I found it and I read it and it's the first book in the Bible I ever read. Fantastic book. And it says from verses seven to 21, beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. I mean, this is as straight as you can get. There's no sort of, well, let's be nice about this and let's sort of, no, it's like, this is just the, the straight fact. This is the truth of God's word. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. Can we all say that? God is love. Now can we say it again? God is love. In this, the love of God was revealed, was demonstrated, was shown to us, towards us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Just as simple as it can be. Let's not complicate this. No one has ever seen God at any time. If we love one another, 
God abides in us. And his love has been perfected in us. So by this we know that we abide in him. And he abides in us because he's given us of his spirit. And we have seen and we testify that the Father has sent the Son as Saviour into the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he abides in God. Can we say Jesus is the Son of God? Can we say that? Jesus is the Son of God. Can we say it again? Jesus is the Son of God. We just fulfilled that scripture. If you said that out of your heart and you didn't just say it because we just repeated it all together, but if you believed it and you said it, you've just fulfilled that scripture. God lives in you. Isn't that amazing? And you live in God. And that word abide is more than just live. It means to live and to breathe and to move and to express life. To abide, I abide in my house. I abide there, I feel it, I, I feel it, I absolutely, with lots of things, musical instruments and motorbikes and stuff like that, I feel, I live there. If you came to my house, you'd go, oh yeah, Pastor Jay lives here. Why? Because my handprints are everywhere. And Sharon, she lives there as well. Good news. To abide, when you declare that Jesus is the Son of God, there's a life that happens on the inside of the believer. We live in God and God lives in us. Can I hear an amen this morning? And we have known and we believe the love that God has for us. God is love. There it is again. And he who abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. Love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. That's one of my favourite statements in the whole of the book. As he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. I've preached myself happy already. Man alive, you can't get, you can't stay fed up when you're talking about the love of God. You can't stay under oppression when you start to realise God loves me and, and I love God and I abide in God and God abides in me. All because of this thing called the amazing, reckless, overwhelming, never ending love of God. The love of God which casts out fear and heals the sick and raises the dead and saves lives. The love of Almighty God. If someone says, I love God and yet hates his brother, he's a liar. Oh, Pastor Jay, you just can't say that today. Well, I'm just saying what the Word of God says. What an amazing statement. If someone says, I love God, and yet hates his brother. Well, you've got to qualify and clarify what hate is then. And if you want to do that, you need to go to the Sermon on the Mount because Jesus spoke all about what it is to hate your brother. And he didn't say it's this great huge thing up there that it's like hatred means when you kill them or hatred means when you hurl a stone at them or hatred. No, hatred is quite simply having a bad attitude towards somebody. Are we still here? He brought it right down a bit like, you know, committing adultery. Oh, committing adultery. That's when you sleep with someone, you have sex with them. No, not as far as Jesus said. He said committing adultery is lusting after somebody even in your heart. Hello? See, he makes this daily. He brings it down to like what goes on in people's lives. And he said, if you say you love God and yet you hate your brother, you're a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this is the commandment we have from him. He's not talking here about a suggestion. He's not talking about wouldn't it be nice? Oh, this is for the, this is for the, you know, the feely touchy people, this love thing. 
They're the lovey ones. We do sort of personality profiling and gift analysis and all that sort of stuff in the church here. And some people are, are sort of lovey people. You know, have you met them? You might be, you might be sitting next to one right now. <laughs> you might be one. One of those lovey people. This isn't just about lovey people. Some nice personality thing. This is a commandment from the son of the living God. This is his commandment that we have from him that he who loves God must love his brother also. Today, I wanna be talking about the love of God, but in this passage is one of my favorite expressions, favorite statements in the whole of the word of God. It's something I pray, it's something I declare, it's something I believe, it's something that I know. And it's this, as he is, so are we in this world. Can we all say that? As he is, so are we in this world. We're gonna say it a few times. As he is, so are we in this world. One more time. As Jesus is, so are we in this world. How is he? Is he sick? Is he poor? Is he depressed? Is he fed up? Is he offended? Is he rejected? Is he victorious? Is he at the right hand of the Father? Is he a healed man today? He's got scars and stripes, but he's a healed man. Is he prosperous today? Is he the head and not the tail today? Is he above only and not beneath today? Is he shining with the glory of the Father today? Come on, as he is, so are we in this world. Is he loved today? Has he got authority over the enemy today? Is the devil under his feet today? Has he got wisdom today? Has he got insight today? Has he got understanding today? Come on, as he is, so are we in this world. We gotta give God some praise for that incredible statement. As he is, as he is. See, how do you see yourself? How do you see yourself? The Bible tells us to look in the mirror. When you look in the mirror, you know what you see? You see Jesus. Well, I don't, I see some ugly face. No, just you need to look past. That handsome reflection that you, you stand in awe of every morning. And you stand there and you, Get the sleep out of your eyes and you learn, you go, you got it, boy. Yeah. Sharon, I can see what you. Oh. No, we got to look past that and we got to see Jesus. Because as he. Oh, come on, as he is, so are we in this world. I make that personal. As he is, so am I. So am I. Oh, Pastor Jay, you're just getting proud. No, because I know I died. I'm not boasting on who I am. I'm boasting on who he is in me. This whole passage of scripture is about God abiding in me and me abiding in God. See, outside of God, you're a mess. You gotta be nice, Pastor Jay. Well, I'm just, okay, I'm a mess. But in him, this is incredible. As he is, so are we in this world. And I use that passage, I use that, I stand on it, I believe it, I confess it, I declare it, I stick the devil with it trample on sickness and disease with it. I take authority over rejection and oppression and, and, and frustration and discouragement. It's just all of that stuff has got to fall to that scripture. Oh, but Pastor, I don't feel like it. I'm not talking about what I feel like. I'm talking about as he is, so am I. And what I feel like has got to get into line with the truth of what God's word says. So this whole series is about, we got to realign our thinking realign our words, realign our actions. If that is truth, then I'm gonna act like it. I'm gonna act like Jesus. Because as he 
is, so am I in this world. Not in the sweet by and by when we die and go to heaven. No, in this lousy here and now. In the middle of the mess as he is. Not in heaven as he is. I'll still be like him then. Because it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. But it's in this lousy here and now. This understanding of as he is, so am I in this world. How can we live and act any other way if the Bible clearly tells us that we are like Jesus and Jesus is like us because he's in us? See, last week was all about a confidence to pray. It wasn't about how to pray last week. We'll be dealing with that in January. You know what? We're only like a month away from Christmas. What is it, five weeks? Man alive, that's come around quickly. I know things go fast when you get older. That's what Sharon tells me anyway, I don't know. <laughs> but things are speeding up. It seems like just yesterday that it was last Christmas and we had that incredible prayer month and I mean, I preached on the book of Daniel like January, February, March. Where's that gone? Now we're living in it, guys. And then we're going to hit another month of praying and fasting in January. And next year, if last, well, if the year we're in has been 10 times greater, what's next year going to be? 20 times greater? I don't know. See what God wants to do, but incredible things taking place. And God is doing something about a confidence in the church. Not just Citygate Church, but the church of Jesus Christ. There's a confidence that is developing and it's so important that there is a confidence because the world wants to kill you. The world wants to squash you down. The world wants to steal and take away your joy. The world wants to put you under so much stuff. But you know what? As he is, so am I. I'm gonna be confident and I'm gonna fly above it all. I'm gonna rise above it all. See, this is why it's important people don't play the victim. Oh, but Pastor Jay, I'm just an oppressed person. Well, no, as he is, so are you. If, if he's not oppressed, then you're not oppressed. Yeah. Get out of the oppression. Yeah. Oh, Pastor Jay, you just don't know what's going on. It doesn't matter what's going on when I'm the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. Yeah. How you see yourself will be the life that you live. Because you live from the place of revelation of what God has accomplished in your life. So, we talked about having a confidence in prayer. Today, I wanna really speak about having a confidence in the love of God. Because knowing the love of God is life-changing. It's not a theology. It's not a little song that we, treat, that we teach children. It's the very heartbeat, the essence, the, the spine, as it were, of Christianity. It is the love of God. I've heard so many Christians over the years who struggle with, with things like, oh, I just, I just don't know if God loves me. Or people who find it hard to forgive other people. Christians struggling to forgive. It's like, what's that about? It's people, Christians, who are apprehensive about meeting God face to face. When they die and go to heaven, or when he, whichever comes first, we're raptured and end up going to see him first. Christians who struggle, I'm not talking about they have just a, a, a sudden pang of guilt or shame, but they live in a, almost a constant state of guilt and shame. They're ashamed people, Christians. People, Christians who struggle. Of course, everybody goes through thought bombs and things that the enemy wants to throw in, but people who seem to live a lifestyle and struggle with worry and anxiety. Oh, Pastor Jay, I'm just a worrier. As though it's like, well, why on earth would a Christian label themselves a worrier? Never give yourself a title other than that which Jesus gave you. In any way. See, people, if ever they want to in some way elevate their flesh, 
they will always put a title with the description of Christian. I'm a this Christian or a that Christian. I'm a, I could really go there with this one. No, we're a Christian. Let's leave the title with that. Oh, but I'm just a warrior, not a fighter, a, you know, a, a warrior. I just worry all the time. I just, it's just me. You know what? I just worry. I just worry. Well, all of the things I read about guilt or shame or unforgiveness or not knowing that God loves you, really they are all symptoms that that person has not had a life-changing, impacting, life-invading encounter with the love of God. Because this whole passage of scripture that we've just read is all about if you know the love of God, God lives in you. If you demonstrate the love of God, then God lives in you. If you know your love, then you live in God. It's as if this love thing is the plumb line as to whether someone's even saved or whether they have a relationship with God. You see, to have a relationship with God is actually, I could put it like this, having a relationship with love. Because God is love. You cannot have a relationship with God if you haven't had a revealing of the love of God. Because God is love. If you think you've got a relationship with God and yet you don't have a relationship with love, what have you got into relationship with? Because God is love. Love is not an add-on for lovey people. Oh, they're the emotional ones. They really get the love of God. And then we even get into this sort of a theology and we think it's being humble and it's this sort of thing. Oh, Pastor Jay, you know what? I can never, yeah, no one can. Oh, the love of God is so big, you can never grasp it. Well, that's in complete contradiction with Ephesians chapter three. Because you know what Ephesians chapter three says? It says this. I pray that God would strengthen you with might in the inner man. This is talking to Christians. That Christ might dwell in your hearts by faith that you would know the length, the breadth, the height and the depth of the love of God and to know by revelation, by experience, by intimate interaction that you would know. No, I know this. This is not a theology. It's not a Sunday experience. This is, I know this. It, it affects every part of my being. It, it affects how I speak. It affects what I say. It affects what my face... It, 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 it affects what my face looks like. It affects how I converse with people. It, it, it completely changes how I pray. It completely changes what I post on Instagram or Facebook. It completely affects what I agree with and what I disagree with. The love of God to know this love which passes natural understanding. For somebody to say you can never know the love of God actually tells me that I struggle if they're a believer. So tough things. Why? Because the Word of God says you can know this. You can know this through experience, through not just I feel it. I'm not talking about an experience of feeling. I'm talking about an encounter with God who is love. This is the Christian life. You take out love, you've taken out God. What are you left with? Religious form. The love of God. God is love. This is why John here, what a powerful thing. John says this, we have known and we believed the love of God. The love that God has for us. We've known it and we believed it. We've known it and we believed it. You see, God reveals his love. 
How do you know something? By revelation. You know, God said, the Lord Jesus said to, to Simon, you didn't learn that, God revealed that. Now you're rock-like. Oh, for a church that is solid as a rock in this area of the love of God. Solid as a rock, why? Because God reveals his love. It's not something that you get in your mind or you read in a book, it's something that hits you deep on the inside. The Spirit of God reveals that God loves me. God loves me. You see, to know the love of God is sort of the first step, but it says we've known and we believe the love of God. See, that's getting into areas of faith. Now, I know the Word of God says faith operates by love. But can I say the other way around? Love operates by faith. We gotta believe the love of God. Quite simply believe it. Oh, how could God ever love me? Just believe it. Oh, but I don't feel it. No, but faith isn't about what we feel. We don't walk by sight. We don't walk by things. We walk by faith, which says, I believe, I receive. If God said it, come on, that's, I believe it, that settles it. So I need to be telling myself, God loves me. Oh, but how could he, no, shut, but you don't know what I've done. He does. And he knew it before you did it. See, God is love. God is love. And this love, we know it and we believe it. Those two things go hand in hand. We know it and we believe it. I love the Apostle John. I just think he's fantastic. He was, he was known, he is known as the Apostle of Love. He even had the audacity to call himself, to name himself the one that Jesus loved. I mean, isn't that brilliant? I love it. You know what? I adopted that. I thought, well, if he can do it, then I can do it. I'm the one. I don't know who you are. I don't really care. I am the one that Jesus loves. You're looking at the one who Jesus loves. Amen. Amen. I'm the one. I'm it. I'm the one that God loves. And you know what? Everybody in this room can say exactly the same thing. I'm the one. Why don't you say that? I'm the one that Jesus loves. Say it again. I'm the one that Jesus loves. Look at somebody say, you're the one that Jesus loves. And then tell them, but actually I don't care because I'm the one that Jesus loves. I'm the one. It's me. You're looking at God's favourite today in this area of love. And I'm looking back at God's favourites as well. I'm the one that Jesus loves. Because God is love. Now, there are three things that God is. God is light. If you came to academy, you'd learn all about this. God is light. In Him, there is no darkness at all. And when light shows up, darkness has to leave. God is life. In Him, there is no death. When life turns up, death has to leave. And God is love. And what have we read? God is love. There is no fear in love. So when God turns up, love turns up, there's no fear in love and fear has to leave. The love of God is not some feely thing. It's a lifestyle. It's, a, it's, it's something that, that affects every part of your being. And everything that God is, let's put this over on God now. I mean, if I was to read 1 Corinthians 13 about, you know, love is patient, love is kind, love is this, love is that, love never fails. You can take out the word love and put in the word God. God is patient, God is kind, God keeps no record of wrongs. God does not parade himself, God is not puffed up. God believes all things, hopes all things, trusts all things. God never fails. Because God is love and love is God. And this is how God lives. And when we love, God abides in us. So I can say, God in me, 
hopes all things. God in me loves all things. God in me believes all things. God in me is patient and kind. God in me never fails. Because this is the love of God. This is not a theology. This is a lifestyle. How can you live as a victim when you know the love of God? How can you live with a mindset that it was done to me when you know the love of God on the inside? Because as He is, so am I in this world. Oh, I've got so much to say. And Next point, next statement, love is on display. Love is not something hidden in the back side of the desert or in the back side of our life. Love is for all to see. Love is on display. Oh, that person is just an expressively lovey person. But the rest of us who are normal, we walk around not expressing love. Well, that's just not good enough in my Bible. Love is on display. Love is clearly seen. In fact, Jesus, you remember when we began this series from John 17, where we talked about your word is truth and sanctify them by your truth. I pray you don't take them out of the world, keep them in the world and all of this stuff. Then he goes on straight away after that and talks about his love. And he said, you know what? The world is gonna know that the Father sent the Son by this one thing. You know what the one thing was? That the church walked in love. This love thing is, is, is fundamental to seeing people come to Christ. Love on show, love on display. You see, if somebody's struggling with, I wonder if God loves me, my answer will be this. Look at what God did. Look at what God did. Look at what he did. And according to 1 John chapter 4, It's he sent his son as the saviour of the world. Direct quote. He sent his son as the saviour of the world. Look at what God did. Oh, but I don't know if God wants to heal me. Look at what God did. Oh, well, I don't know if God can forgive me. Look at what God did. Oh, well, I don't know if we can ever ever have peace in our minds, really. Look at what God did. Everything that is a question about our redemption or our personality or our experience or our church, everything can be answered in this one statement. Look at what God did when he sent the Lord Jesus Christ. That is such a declaration and a demonstration of love. It touches every part of your life. Love is on display. So on display with the person of Jesus Christ when he walked around this earth and he knelt down and he drew in the sand and he said, where are those who condemn you? He said, neither do I condemn you. He loved and he loved and he loved again unconditionally. It was on display. Oh, but I don't feel loved. Yeah, look at what God did. But look, I fell over again and I need to be picked up. Yeah, look at what God did. The love of God clearly on display. Now the next statement, really perfect love, which is the love we're talking. This is not family love. This is not soulish love. This is not feely love. This is not brotherly love. This is God love. The love of Almighty God. You can only get this from God. You cannot get this from, you can get it through people, but you can only get it from God. It's incredible, this love. If you once encounter the love of God, you're never the same again. It's perfect love. Love that casts out fear. Love that puts confidence and strength on the inside. This perfect love has worked in me. Can we all say that? Perfect love has worked in me. Now, it, it was operating before I ever came to Christ. Leading, I didn't realise it, but you know God works before you realise it? It's his love which leads people to repentance. And it led over weeks and months, probably years. But this perfect love has worked in me the day I gave my life to Christ and on from then. This love works in me. God lives in me. I have his spirit of love. 
It's working on the inside all the time. I have been perfected in love, the Word of God says. That happened in the new birth. As he is, so am I. When that happened, it was love that worked on the inside. Can I hear an amen today? And because that love has worked in me, I can now love God because God first loved me. I'm unable to love God unless God works his love on the inside of me. But now he's worked his love on the inside of me. I can love God because he first loved me. But let's go on to the next statement. Perfect love continues to work on me. It's not just a one-time event. It's this is an ongoing work of the Holy Spirit. My past, I'm so glad that his love worked on my past. I'm forgiven, I'm washed, I'm sanctified, it worked on me. Sin is no longer uh, you know, something that controls my life and my decisions. No, the Word of God says, because the love of God is on the inside of me, as he is, so am I in this world. I don't have to go down the route of sin and shame and guilt. I'm not saying we're perfect, but we're going from glory to glory. Can I hear an amen? And you know, hopefully some of the things that I succumbed to and said yes to the flesh, screaming at me I'm not going to do that today why because we're growing love is working on the inside of me love is constantly working leading me to the life of Christ likeness so the past is dealt with hallelujah and his love is working on the inside of me how on earth can we worry when his love is working on us Because his love strengthens us and gives us a conviction on the inside that God is a good God and my future is in his hands and his hands are the hands of a God of love. The context of as he is, so are we in this world is actually facing the judgment seat of Christ. There's no fear in being face to face with God. Why? Because God is love. And God loves me. Lastly, today, as we close, perfect loves works through me. See, God is love. His love is revealed, it's seen, it's demonstrated. It's not a theology, it's a lifestyle. God's love has worked in me, God's love continues to work on me. But now, isn't this the point of this? That God's love works through me to people around. We're living in a society that's void of love. And because the society has kicked God out, can't pray in school, can't read the Bible now. Whatever else, they they kicked God out, so now there's, well, if there's no God, there's no love. So if there's no love, the family, the family falls apart. So you have fatherless generation who don't know the love of, of a father, which is at the very heart of all this stuff. So people therefore are insecure in who they are. They don't have an identity because they don't experience love. So they then put all the labels on themselves according to what they feel. And it's all because quite simply, there is no love. And yet God is love. So how are we gonna turn this around? Well, God, His perfect love works through me. Works through me. Works through you. Your life of love is Jesus loving people. Your words of love are Jesus loving people. Your life of generosity is Jesus loving people. Your life of confidence in who you are. Don't you love it when you meet confident people who are confident in God? I'm not talking about an arrogance. Oh, that's just a horrible thing. You just think you're the best. I mean, I'm not talking about that. It's just a horrible thing. No, I died. That's a reality to me. I know I died. But I've got a confidence on the inside that God loves me. So I don't have to worm around with some insecurity when I know that God loves me. And that then comes out in a confidence in prayer, comes out in a confidence in praise and worship, 
comes out in a confidence in how we relate to people. Comes out in a, as a confidence in our authority as a believer. Devil, back off, I'm loved. I'm loved. So no weapon formed against me is gonna prosper. Why? Because God loves me. You're under my feet. Why? Because God loves me. I can lay hands on the sick, lay hands on myself. Why? Because God loves me. Can you see it all comes down to this love of God? The confidence we have, who we are in Him. If we love, what are we doing when we love? We're allowing the love of God to work through us and not just work in us and not just work on us. But to work through us, it means we are a vessel. We are one of those gold and silver, not a mud pot, a gold pot where the love of God fills and works through, not from a place of arrogance, but from a place of confidence. Hey, I'm the one that God loves. And you know what the world needs to see? That is what they need to see. They need to see a person who's confident in their relationship with God, that God loves me. Because people are crying out for the love of God. They can't find it anywhere. They're trying to find it in changing genders now. Perhaps then I'll be loved. It's all it is. It's a lack of love. It's a void of love, which means I have no identity anymore. So my flesh is just trying to tell me what I am. It's a hunting round for sexual gratification I saw a documentary the other day and you said Pastor Jay you shouldn't be watching this sort of stuff we need to know what's going on one in 20 students in the UK are now in sex work get that statistic one in 20 students in the UK are now involved in sex work on their cams and webcams and their other stuff One in 20. You know why? No love. No love. When God loves through us, they encounter the love of God. And that love leads them to repentance. Seeing a believer who's confident in their love, you know what it does? It softens their heart. It opens their heart. They go, I want what you've got. People ask all the time in the growth track, what evangelism do you do? And whenever they ask that, I think we're not the church for you, love. We're just not. Because we ain't shouting on the street corners. We're not there screaming the Bible at somebody as they walk past. Repent! No, we're not that. You know how we do our evangelism? We just love people. Hello, we just love people. We just love people. You came to Christ because someone loved on you. It's how you came to Christ. I know that's my case, my confidence. When you know the love of God, it gives you peace, it gives you joy, gives you patience. All the fruit of the Spirit gives you hope, gives you security, strengthens your confidence, it gives you authority people go I want what you've got not because hey we're better than everybody else now we're saved absolutely we got an authority that people don't have if they're outside of Christ but that's because God loved us and we received that love and now we just want to pour that love out to everybody else don't go the way of the world and start throwing stones at everybody don't become an activist of some political ideology. Just be somebody who loves people. Holding out the truth of God's word, his love, his grace, his mercy in the middle of a generation that's going to hell in a handbasket. Just love people. Aren't you glad you're loved today? Yes. Changes everything. Can we stand to our feet right now?
Apparently we're in a, a whole generation now that they want a cause. They want a purpose. Can I give you one? Love people. Can I give you that as a purpose, as a cause? Something to be passionate about? Who can I forgive today? Who can I love and accept today even though I should really criticise them? Who am I going to draw close today instead of pushing them away? Who am I going to be a blessing to instead of wanting them to bless me? Really the outcome of today, the end of this is really the only prayer we can sort of pray would be Ephesians chapter 3, which is we need something strong to happen in here that this love of Christ could work in us and through us in exactly the same way it did through Jesus. Because you know what? The, the plumb line, the only plumb line in the Word of God as to are we saved is do we walk in love? Oh, Pastor Jay, I said, Lord to Jeff, Jesus, Lord to, uh, yeah, and he said, you said to me, Lord, Lord, I don't know who you are. Oh, what about laying hands on the sick and oh, casting out demons? Yeah, people have done that and Jesus still says, he said this, who are you? There's one plumb line in scripture. Only one in the whole of the New Testament. That is proof that God lives in us. That is this. Do we love people? That's it. That's, that's a strong thing to say. So I think we need the help of the Holy Ghost right now. Anybody else? I know I need the help of the Holy Ghost because I know I want to chew people out on the road. I want to give them a sign that I shouldn't be giving. I want to be saying stuff that I shouldn't be saying. I want to criticize people that shouldn't be doing things that they're doing. And I want my opinions and my this. No, I just need to shut the heck up. And Holy Spirit, you need to help me to love people like you love me. Because that's the plumb line of being a believer. Let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we quite simply stand here in your presence and say, help, help us. Lord, we've known and we believed the love God has for us. And now your commandment is this, to love other people as you, as you love us. But Father, we thank you that we're confident in this because as he is, so are we in this world. So Lord, I am someone who loves people like you love me because that's what your word says. I believe it. I receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all say this. As He is, so am I in this world. He is loved, so am I. He loves others, so do I. Perhaps you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. With every eye closed, every head bowed, out of just honour and respect to people and I want to ask you today, are you just by name a Christian or do you know and believe that God loves you? Do you know that you're a believer today and you've received eternal life, that God abides in you? You're not here by accident. Perhaps this is the first time you're here. Perhaps you've been struggling with your faith, with your Christianity. Oh, if God loves me, why is this happening? And why is that happening? And those things are very real struggles, but they're all answered in this one thing, declaring that Jesus is is the Son of God. And by allowing His love to saturate your life, to walk as He walked in this earth as a person of love. Perhaps you're here today and you know you've got to come back to God. You know you've got to return to God and say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I've been living in a way that's not honouring to your name and is not the life of a Christian who loves God and loves people. So God, I repent of that. And I, Lord Jesus, I receive you again as my Lord and my Saviour. 
Perhaps you're here and you've never received Jesus as your Lord or Saviour. And it's like, well, perhaps it's Hinduism, perhaps it's Islam, perhaps it's Buddhism, perhaps it's humanism. Can I just say, no, it's none of those. It's one thing, and that is believing and giving your life to Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God who died on the cross to pay the price to give you life. It's the only way to eternal life and a relationship with the Father God who created you. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, very quickly, I'm gonna ask you to do something really confident and really bold. And that is to say, yeah, Pastor Jay, I'm one of those two things. I wanna come back to God and be real and serious about my relationship with God. Or I'm gonna come to God for the first time like I did October the 8th, 1984, when I was taken out of darkness and into light and I came into a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're in either of those two groups of people today, I'm going to ask you to be bold and confident and lift your hand in this auditorium right now, please. Say, yep, come on. Wonderful. Come on, say yes to Jesus. Don't leave this place. God bless you. Come on, there's other people here. God bless you. Wonderful. Come on, don't leave this place today without settling your eternity once and for all and starting this life of relationship with God. Is there anybody else here today? Last time as I look across, please, I, I can feel there's a war going on in someone's life. I don't know if your heart's beating or if you're going through a do I, don't I. Friend, it's the Holy Spirit. Wonderful, God bless you. Come on, there's other people here. I'm not giving up on this. God wants to touch lives today. Is there anybody else here today? Very quickly as I look across this auditorium. Come on, don't look around. It's not about other people. It's about your eternity and your life with God. You're gonna spend eternity somewhere. Jesus died so you can spend it with Him. Is there anybody else here today? Wonderful, God bless you. Come on, let's all pray this prayer right now and it's from the depths of our heart. I prayed it a thousand times or more. Say, Heavenly Father, thank You that You love me. You demonstrated that love by sending Your Son Jesus to die on the cross to give me life. I receive You, Jesus, as my Lord, my Saviour, my friend, I turn away from the way I've lived. I repent of sin and I receive you today. And by the help of your grace and your power, I'll never be the same again. I receive eternal life in Jesus' Name. Amen. Can we give God some praise today and celebrate? Absolutely.